the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Can you say landslide? I know everybody's saying that the election is going to be close and that Donald Trump is the underdog, and uh, and I'm no expert, but I smell a landslide. Sorry, I I just think that the polls are have always been misleading. Uh, obviously, the from 2016, that's all the proof you need, but. For one thing, I don't think Trump voters like to talk to pollsters. I actually hear people say that if they've never been polled and when they have been, they've lied or hung up on them. And I think whatever numbers are showing for Trump are probably at least five points off. And I don't pay much attention to the ones that only poll uh, registered voters and not likely voters. I'm a Rasmussen guy. That's what they do. They were the most accurate in 2016. They only deal with likely voters. I'm not sure about Zogby's methods, but if Zogby's numbers today are accurate, Trump's on his way to a big win. He has a 52% approval rating, which is the highest he's ever had. But even more bad news for the Democrats than that is that um, 36% of blacks, 37% of Hispanics approve of his job. Now, if those numbers are off by half and they're turned into votes, it'll be a gigantic landslide. Trump's approval rating among independents is also up to 44%, and even 23% of Democrats say they approve. That has to be way up from not very long ago. There's a lot of anecdotal evidence, uh, people talking about, uh, they're seeing a lot of uh, people calling C-SPAN. They call the Democrat line and say they've been Democrats, they, they don't like Trump, they didn't vote for him in 2016, but they're voting for him this time, stuff like that. There are stories out there today that Biden got no bump from the Democratic convention. And I just saw just a few minutes ago a Rasmussen poll came out today, just a few hours ago. I had missed it, actually. Uh, it shows the race of dead heat right now, 46-45 Biden. And again, I think the numbers are always higher for Trump than what they show in the polls. And the Republicans, uh, and Biden got no bump from the Democratic convention, zero. And the Republicans still have uh, two more nights to go. Trump's numbers went up after the Democratic convention. They went up. Uh, last night, Don Lamont on CNN said that the rioting better end because the polls are showing that it's hurting the Democrats. Uh, Zogby says that the violence in Kenosha and Portland are pushing urban voters to Trump. Why wouldn't they? Uh Seriously, why wouldn't they? Um, what, what? How much would you? How much would it take for you to uh, switch your allegiance from someone who's been talking about defunding the police to Donald Trump, who's talking about law and order? As you watch your building burning down, Trump's pushing law and order, and Zogby says it's working. Rasmussen, by the way, uh, did have President Trump at fifty-one percent a few days ago. And Zogby also shows that millennial blacks are showing an increase in approval for Trump. Now, none of this is good news for the Democrats. And speaking of law and order, uh, every day the idea of promoting uh, defunding the police seems like a worse idea. And it probably sounds worse to the people who live in the neighborhoods that are on fire every night. And there's more of those, seems like, every week. Jessica Anderson is the executive director of Heritage Action. She has a petition circulating that you can find at policepledge.com policepledge.com. It's a petition that says uh, that you pledge your support to the police and that you're supposed to, uh, you're opposed to uh, any politician who's pushing the idea of defunding them. She'll be here after the break to tell you how you can find it, sign it, and send it to your favorite politician. Stick around.
For more than 20 years, investigative filmmaker Tim Mahoney has traveled across the globe in search of patterns of evidence to support some of the Old Testament's most miraculous events. Now, with the Red Sea Miracle Part 2, Journey to Egypt and Beyond, as Tim interviews some of the world's foremost experts to discover the truth. Is there evidence of how and where the host of Israelites could have traveled as recorded in the Bible? Is there evidence of the Egyptian army's demise in the Red Sea? If you've seen the first part of this investigation of the Red Sea miracle, you won't want to miss the continuation. The results of his pursuits are faith-affirming and fascinating. You must see Patterns of Evidence, The Red Sea Miracle, Part 2. To see this powerful documentary and others in the series, go to SalemNow.com and use the promo code Pittsburgh for 20% off. That's SalemNow.com, promo code Pittsburgh. If you're an employer, a business owner, if you have 5 to 100 employees, listen up. The cost of doing business continues to skyrocket, strangling your HR department with more regulations, administrative duties, and liability than ever. I'm John Steigerwald. Your health plan's a big part of that cost. Another year, another 10% rate hike, another $1,000 increase on your deductible, another hospital or doctor you can't go to because they're not in the network. Isn't it time for a change? Well, stop the insanity and call Marley Financial, the most innovative agency in the industry. Put an end to the annual increase. Give your employees a national network that all hospitals accept and reduce your monthly premiums by 20 to 30%. It doesn't matter when your renewal is. Marley can help today. Call 724-884-1496. Marley Financial, 724-884-1496. 724-884-1496. Here are the facts. Your business needs leads and sales. There are potential customers online right now looking for what you do. Will they find you or your competitor? You need Salem Surround. Having to do your own digital marketing while trying to manage your business, well, there's just not enough time in the day. You need Salem Surround. You're doing all you can to market your business, but are you sure you have the right strategy or seeing a great return on investment? You need Salem Surround. The marketing team here at Salem Surround is ready to help your business now. We'll design a plan that targets potential customers with proven marketing strategies, using everything in our toolkit to work for you. Digital, audio, mobile, even audience-engaging contests and promotions. Contact Salem Surround for a free evaluation of your marketing plan and see how we can help place your advertising message in front of today's consumers. Learn more at surroundpittsburgh.com. Surroundpittsburgh.com. Connecting you with new customers. Hey, John Stoggerwald here. I'm just here to tell you how much I love my pillow and how it's changed my sleep. Check out the new mattress topper. That's really amazing. Now, I don't know if I love my pillow or the my pillow mattress topper more. Get a my pillow mattress topper and get some of the best sleep of your life. Now it comes with a 10-year warranty and a cover that's washable and dryable. And it's made in the USA and backed with Mike Lindell's 60-day money-back guarantee. Just go to MyPillow.com and save 30%. Use promo code STAG or call 800-716-8087. When you do, Mike gives you two standard MyPillows free. That's MyPillow.com, promo code STAG, or call 800 716 8087. For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit mypillow.com. The John Staggerwall Show, AM 1250, The Answer. Well, how would you react if you uh, owned a business in Kenosha, Wisconsin, and your local politicians were out there running around uh, calling for the defunding of the police? It would seem like an idea that uh, would, you know, get less popular every day. Well, Jessica Anderson is the executive director of Heritage Action. She's put together a petition. It's called Police Pledge, and it's all about not defunding the police. She joins us now. Jessica, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me today. So um, what is Police Pledge? So the organization I run, Heritage Action, has launched a police pledge, which is very simply a pledge that we're calling on elected officials at the local, state, and federal level to sign as well as citizens all across the country to also sign 
to make a commitment which says that we stand with America's police officers and we pledge to oppose any bill, resolution, or movement to defund the police. It's a simple pledge, but it's a needed pledge for a moment like this in our country when the extremism promulgated by the left has really caused such divisiveness towards law enforcement. And we want to go in and say, no, it's law enforcement that supports and keeps America safe and secure. They need our backing and we stand with them on these efforts to defund the police. So <clears throat> I will read the uh, the petition. It says, a lawful society free from mob rule and violent insurrection is not possible without law enforcement. Police officers have chosen a noble profession. They dedicate their lives to upholding the law and protecting the sacred rights of their fellow citizens. As a profession, they deserve support and respect. I stand with America's police and pledge to oppose any bill, resolution, or movement to, quote, unquote, defund the police. So that's what it says. So... <clears throat> Um, and this is part of the uh, Fight for America campaign. What is that all about? That's right. Well, what we're seeing right now is that the far left has really orchestrated chaos at all levels of our country, whether it's the violent riots or the efforts to dismantle and defund law enforcement departments. And Fight for America is meant to turn that up on its head and say for hundreds of millions of Americans on both sides of the aisle who not only love this country, but we rely on the police to keep our neighborhoods safe. We have a voice and we want to fight for the country that we know and love and hold dear. That's our American values, our institutions, and that includes law enforcement. So Fight for America is meant to encompass everything that we as average Americans know and hold dear and really go on offense to support this effort and support the America that we all love and cherish. So is this about unsilencing the silent majority a little bit? That's right, it is. And it's also, it's not just about unsilencing them, but it's also saying, as we as Americans, we're not the only ones that hold these firm commitments about our country. And so the police pledge lets people go on record, and we even go a step further. We've got yard signs, door hangers, flyers for neighborhoods. And so if you live in a neighborhood like mine, you know, my neighborhood is, is, is completely littered with yard signs and um, posters out front that are completely promulgating a false narrative of what America looks like. They're twisting a, a very American value of equality and turning it into a partisan weapon that shames anyone that doesn't believe like them. Fight for America is, is pushing back against that and saying, look, we can believe in American values, American institutions, our law enforcement, our healthcare, our education, our society, all of those factors, and still be pro-American. And that's not a bad thing. Now, did you, um, did this all begin after the riots had started? And is this, a, is this a reaction to that? Or had you been working on this before the most recent uprisings? The focus of Fight for America has been going on since earlier this year, and it focused on these four different pillars, supporting American values and institutions, supporting our law enforcement, making clear that a way to fight for America is to vote for America, and calling for accountability within our education system. The additional focus, though, on the thin blue line has come in response to what we've seen the last 12 weeks, where the very, um, you know, focus of law enforcement has become a shiny object for the left, where you've seen anarchists that have taken over our streets. Um, they've pushed back in neighborhoods. Mobs are turning against police officers. I mean, I think we're seeing that very clearly even play out, you know, this week in, in the neighboring state of Wisconsin. And so the time for freedom-loving Americans, for conservative Americans to go on offense and advance the American interests that define our very fabrics of freedom, choice, and liberty are, are really right now. And that's the law enforcement um, pledge is a piece of that. And the larger part of fighting for America, of course, is the anthem for the year. Mm -hmm. We're talking to Jessica Anderson. She's executive director of Heritage Action, also a uh, former associate director, intergovernmental affairs and strategic initiatives for the Office of Management and Budget, budget in the Trump administration. That's a mouthful. Is that it is, uh, a mouthful. is that? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it, it, it has to be an important job to take that long to describe it, I would say. longer the title, um, the more important, right? <laughs> yeah. So um, 
So I saw that you had over um, 25,000 signatures, at least uh, when I went online and saw it. I don't know if that's uh, up to date. Uh, that's from Citizens. Uh, how many government officials have signed? So we have just around 50 government officials that have signed so far today. We have been asking senators, congressmen, governors, candidates even, and then state officials as well to sign. They've had the opportunity to get on this week, and they can do so today at policepledge.com. So if you've got a relationship with an elected official, go ahead and ask them. Send them the pledge. They can sign it directly. It's very simple, and they can take this stand, which we believe will allow the support that's needed to go to law enforcement officers. We're going to take all these pledges and deliver it to police uh, forces all across the country so they can feel that support, they can feel the love, and they can see that there are elected officials and Americans across the country that back the blue. Uh, have Joe Biden and Kamala Harris signed it by any chance? They have not yet signed it. We are hopeful uh, that they will do yeah. the right thing. But considering their comments that, that they have made, when you look at, at even uh, Kamala Harris's comments of saying to reimagine public safety and reimagine the police, I don't know that this is something they can agree with. And, and I think, you know, the, the point couldn't have been made more clear at the Democratic National Convention when we went the whole week of the DNC and not once, not once on stage did they directly support um, or, or thank law enforcement for keeping our neighborhoods safe. They were silent on the issue. And so their silence Man. is violence. A any Democrats on there at all yet? Not yet, but we're hopeful that, again, that Dems will do the right thing and come on board with this effort. The so once again, the to all. if people want to uh, sign the, the petition, they just go to um, policepledge.com? That's correct. Policepledge.com. Okay, you can sign it and get your elected officials to sign as well. Okay. Now, by passing up the offer to sign, if you are a government official, are you then unofficially on the record for being in favor of defunding the police if you don't sign the pledge that says you're not in favor of it? Well, I think at this point we're trying to get as many signatures onto the pledge. I think once we've been able to approach elected officials at all levels, then we'll be able to ascertain, okay, did they not sign it because they didn't know about it? Then let's correct that and tell them about it. Or are they not signing it because they're actually not in support of law enforcement? And at that point, we would turn back to grassroots Americans across the country and say, look, these elected officials need to be held accountable for their silence and in, in not supporting law enforcement and not backing up this critical part of American society. And the grassroots that I know across the country, they're very good at holding elected officials accountable on that front. And how, so, again, so to, to get this in front of elected officials, um, I signed the petition. So if I want my local congressman or local state rep or whatever to um, see it, I just forward it on to his email address or something like that. That's is that correct. how you get it? This, so that's what you're ex that's right. hoping people to do is, is to not only just sign the pledge, but forward it on to your uh, elected official, your local elected officials. Yes, that would be great. You can send it to them directly over email. You can text them. You can send them a tweet, post on their Facebook page. The pledge itself is super easy, policepledge.com. All they have to do is print out the pledge, sign it, take a picture, and send it back to us, and we'll get them posted on our website immediately. And, you know, the other piece of this is we want to thank them. There are many, many elected officials at all levels, local, state, and federal, who are making this commitment, and we want to say thank you to them standing up against the mob and, and pushing back of the cancel culture that we're seeing promulgated by the left. Now, there's a Zogby poll out today that shows President Trump uh, with his highest approval rating, I think to this date, at 52 percent, and it has blacks at 36 percent. Um, any chance to defund the police movement and the riots have anything to do with that? Well, I think what we see is that all Americans, regardless of, of background, recognize the need for police. There can't be peace in our country without police. And we did some polling at, at Heritage Action, which asked this question specifically to swing voters. And we looked, we polled in Arizona, Florida, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin, four states that, have, that, as you know, better than most, are really the linchpin of this election. And we asked them specifically, do you favor or oppose the movement to significantly cut funding for police departments across the country, known as defund the police. 
79% of these swing voters in those four targeted states, 79% opposed the movement compared to only 16% supporting it. And so when you look at public opinion, even among swing voters, and of course, African-Americans, Black Americans are a big pocket of swing voters, public opinion supports the police. And the more that this administration and President Trump and other elected officials can stand by the police and law enforcement, it's going to help them politically and electorally as well. It's like there's a there's a silent majority within the black uh, community uh, and in those um, neighborhoods that uh, aren't buying this uh, defund the police movement, despite the signs you may see. Uh, they're making all the noise, but again, this is another another silent majority within a minority, isn't it? It is, and I think what you've seen anecdotally, I've seen some of this even come out from the Republican National Convention this week, which is that um, Black Americans are saying, why would you want to make our neighborhoods less safe? Why would you want to remove safety and security by removing the police? We want our neighborhoods more safe. Their neighborhoods are like my neighborhood. I want it to be more safe and secure, and so as we realize that this is this is not just an issue that conservatives care about, but every day, average America-loving citizens across the country, we all recognize the role of law enforcement in our communities, and I want us all to be silent no more about that, to sign the pledge, and to come out in full support of our thin blue line. Again, it's policepledge.com. You can sign the petition. What is Project 2020 all about? So Project 2020 is our canvassing effort that's been going from one part of Pennsylvania to the other part of Pennsylvania, knocking on doors and engaging directly with voters on policy issues, much like the law enforcement issue. But we're also talking to voters about the economy, about the economic and healthcare responses to COVID-19. We're talking to them about immigration. We're talking to voters about healthcare, education, all of the issues that you and I know are top of voters' minds heading into November. So we're canvassing in the counties that matter in the state um, and focus specifically on on those swing voters, talking to them about the policy issues, and then encouraging them to get out and vote this November. And um, what does your polling show about how Americans feel about the the major conservative policies, immigration, education? What, what kind of response are you getting? Well, it's actually interesting that you asked that and because we've been polling since this time last year and there's been different inflections in the number one, two, and three most important policy issues for swing voters. You know, this time last year, it was wage satisfaction, jobs in the economy was at an all-time high. Earlier this year, when COVID-19 hit, there was an incredible concern about the health and economic impacts of the virus and how it's attacked Americans on both of those fronts. What we're seeing right now in our most recent poll, which was done just last week, is that economic issues remain a strength for President Trump. In the battleground states that we surveyed, Trump actually carried a plus two net job approval um, and specific to economic matters versus Biden, he was plus 11. And so when you look at likely voters who are plagued by you know, some economic uncertainty right now, they're actually saying, well, they trust President Trump to provide economic recovery a second time, and they're not actually concerned about their financial situations in the future if he's the one at the helm. Now, when you dive a little deeper and you, and you look at, okay, what about the economic destruction that has already happened? We, of course, see voters that have anxieties about some of the, the detrimental impact and the shutdowns in particular from COVID-19. And so for that, we want to push back and we say, okay, well, what party do you trust more to rebuild the economy, knowing everything that we know now? 48% of these swing voters are saying Republicans, 42% saying Democrats. So I think the more you focus on the policy issues at stake um, and get to the to the real heart of, of what this election is about, you're seeing people um, come out in droves in support of a strong economy and and the rebound that this country needs um, when it comes to our economic issues, our small business issues, and our personal finances. Jessica Anderson, Executive Director of Heritage Action, uh, signed the uh, pledge, uh, and uh, it's at policepledge.com. I hope you have a lot of success with this, Jessica. Thanks for being on the show. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Talk soon. Okay, we'll be right back. 
With SRN News, I'm John Scott. Get out while you still can. The words of leaders in Texas and Louisiana directed to Gulf Coast residents that are in the path of Category 4 Hurricane Laura. The storm's power is raising fears of a 20-foot storm surge. Forecasters say that would be unsurvivable and capable of sinking entire communities on the Texas and Louisiana coast. The hurricane is on track to make landfall late tonight or early Thursday. A 17-year-old has been arrested after the killing of two people during a third night of protest in Kenosha, Wisconsin, over the police shooting of a black man, Jacob Blake. The suspect of Antioch, Illinois, was taken into custody on suspicion of first-degree intentional homicide. On Wall Street, stocks were higher. The Dow gained 83 points today. The Nasdaq up 198. The S&P ahead 35. This is SRN News. Excuse me. Have you ever discussed life insurance? Well... Sort of. Have you talked about who'll pay the mortgage if one of you passes? We definitely haven't talked about that. Well, then you should talk to SelectQuote. SelectQuote shops for you, getting you quotes from some of the country's most trusted companies, finding you the right coverage with the right carrier at the right price in minutes. Is it affordable? Well, how affordable does $500,000 in coverage for as little as a dollar a day sound? That's great. We can afford that. To get your free quote, call 1-800-212-1166 or go to selectquote.com today and get the protection they need at a price you can afford. That's 1-800-212-1166 or selectquote.com. Selectquote. We shop. You save. Get full details on example policy at selectquote.com slash commercials. Monthly premiums vary based on health company and other factors. Not available in all states. She's listening all the time and getting smarter every day. When you want the conservative perspective on today's most pressing issues, Alexa has the answer. You just have to point her in the right direction by saying, Alexa, enable the answer Pittsburgh skill. Now say, Alexa, play the answer Pittsburgh to get your favorite conservative talk station without lifting a finger. Look, Ma, no hands. So, Alexa, what's your favorite station? That's easy. AM 1250, the answer. This radio station accepts political advertising. In fact, we are required to do so by the federal law. We understand that not all our listeners will agree with statements or positions taken by all of these candidates, and sometimes neither do we. But this radio station is an important part of this community, and therefore the candidates want to bring their message to you via our airwaves. We do so as a public service, and we are required to do so. Regardless of your position on these issues, please make sure you register to vote so your voice is heard. This is Jay Hagerman of Abernathy and Hagerman. Writing an estate plan is one thing. Having the experience to administer the estate is something else. At Abernathy and Hagerman, estate administration isn't a side job, it's what we do. You have the same goals we all do, to protect your assets, to minimize taxes, and ensure your inheritance gets to the ones that you love. How you get there, that's specific to you. So let's talk. Hagerman Law, legal help that lasts a lifetime. Visit a-h.law. AM 1250 and FM 92.5, The Answer. A division of Salem Media Group. Listen on the Answer mobile app, smart speakers, tune in, iHeart, or radio.com. Stuck in traffic? We've got the answer. Some ongoing delays on the Parkway East. Rush hour volume outbound, five-minute delay. Bates Street to Squirrel Hill Tunnel. Inbound also slow to the tunnel. And from Stanwix to the Fort Pitt Bridge. On the inbound Parkway West, some slowdowns. Parkway Center Drive to the Fort Pitt Tunnel. Some volume there. An earlier vehicle fire is on the scene of McClintock Road at Laurel Lane. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson. AM 1250, The Answer. Weather. Good evening, thunderstorm in spots, otherwise mainly clear and humid. Tonight's low 71. Tomorrow, sunshine with a thunderstorm, breezy and humid, high 84. Thursday night, an evening thunderstorm, otherwise cloudy, low 70. Friday, clouds and breaks of sun, humid with a thunderstorm, high 81. Saturday, high 77. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Andy Robb. This is the John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250, The Answer. For the last five months, every day, almost all day, we've been uh, talking about being sick, either about people who are already sick or about what we should do to keep ourselves from getting sick. 
and there's a lot of suffering going on. Uh, Dr. Charles Page is the author of A Spoonful of Courage for the Sick and Suffering. Your greatest challenge can become your biggest blessing. And he joins us now. Chuck. Hi, John. Hi, thanks for being here, Chuck. Absolutely. We're uh, the coronavirus is going away, and we got a we, we've got a hurricane on the way in Texas. Yeah, I, I just heard that said that it was a really uh, that said it, it's. I just caught the end of it, and they said that it's the waves are going to be big enough that they're not survivable. <laughs> they said there's going to be eight, eight feet of water in Houston. So, fortunately, we're kind of up about three hours from Houston. So, hopefully, we're going to be okay. Wow, that that's uh, I don't envy that at all. Boy, that's tough. So, um, uh, your book um, it's called "A Spoonful of Courage for the Sick and Suffering." Your greatest challenge can become your biggest blessing. Why do you call it a spoonful of courage? Well, uh, it's, we don't call it a spoonful of, sh- of sugar. That's for sure. Because yeah. you know, when you're sick and you're suffering, um, you know, uh, we're not trying to sugarcoat things. I mean. Suffering and pain and sickness is real. And, you know, as being a practicing surgeon for 25 years, one thing I've noticed is just the impact that faith has. And so these are just little stories of some of my heroes, uh, patients who have kind of learned to see, uh, you know, I guess the silver lining in their difficulties. And um, so just these are just little spoonfuls, just little doses of encouragement for people, you know, to give them faith, hope, and courage in these crazy times. Well, now the book is based on your experiences then with with patients. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. These are patients that I've taken care of over this over the past twenty years or so. Now, um, what are some of the stories in the book, uh, and what can people learn from them? What are your some? I I wasn't able to read the whole book, but I I looked through some of the I saw some of the stories I'll ask you about. But I'd like you to just tell me what you think of the ones that stick out in your mind. Oh wow, there's so many. Uh, you know, one of the one of the funny stories is a story of an old rancher. You know, we, you know, we people down here in Texas are crazy anyway. And this old rancher didn't like to see doctors, and uh, so he started feeling kind of sick. And you know, he was up in his 80s, and and uh, he had a bunch of cows and had an old beat up corral that the boards were falling off. And so the so the old rancher one day was feeling really bad, and he took his he took his feed and went out to the corral to, to feed his cows. And what the old rancher did, instead of buying new boards, he had put this electric wire around the, um, you know, around the, around his corral, you know, to kind of keep the cows in. And as he was, you know, uh, you know, putting out feed cubes for the cows, he he kind of tripped and fell and he hit the wire and it jolted him and kind of scared him to death. But after the old man got up, he realized that he started feeling just a little bit better, you know. And so, uh, you know, once again, this, uh, you know, he, he kind of, several days later, he went back out and was feeling bad and once again hit the wire and it jolted him and he just felt this, you know, current go through his body and he felt better. And this happened several times. Well, eventually the old man took that electric wire and he ran it through his kitchen and put it into his, uh, you know, put it into his kitchen table. So every morning he'd get up and drink his coffee and touch the wire. You know, he called it his shock therapy. And so one day, you know, he got really sick, and his wife just made him go to the hospital. Come to find out, he was in atrial fibrillation. The man had been shocking his heart back into rhythm without without electrical wire. So if you know anything about that, uh, you know that's a pretty dangerous thing to do uh, to do a self uh, cardioversion. So anyway, just a funny story, but you know, just kind of funny how sometimes we all, especially surgeons, you know, me included, we all try to kind of come up with our with our own diagnoses and this is just a kind of a reminder that we need to go you know uh to you know the great physician you know for for help and how he's there to help us often when we're going through these things yeah um so i always wonder about how doctors are able to keep going um because i mean your job pretty much every day is to uh, deal with people who are suffering um, some you know from something mild to something really serious, and um, you know to be able to keep yourself going every day. What can people learn from you uh, <laughs> as how as how how you handle that? You know, the well, de- dealing with. <laughs> well, John, every day is a new day. You know, sometimes we uh, sometimes we come in with a good attitude, and sometimes it we need an attitude adjustment. But you know, one of the things that I've realized uh, in in my line of work, anyone who works in healthcare, we just realize. 
you know, that things could always be worse, you know, no matter what problems that we're going through, you know, whether it's a health problem or whatever, you know, even COVID, you know, things could always be a whole lot worse than they are. And so I think that's one of the things that I, you know, I wake up every morning and realize that, um, you know, that, that I'm blessed to be able to do this. And I think also, too, for people who are going through a health crisis, whatever it is, I think when we learn to focus on other people, you know, and, and look at someone that we can encourage or help, and even in some little way, I think that helps to make our problems and our burdens a lot lighter. You know, I, I tell people, you know, so often we're facing a health problem, we're looking inward, we feel alone, we feel afraid, we feel out of control. Uh, but, you know, if we begin to look upward and then begin to look outward and look for other people to encourage it, I think it really makes a difference. And the people I've seen that seem to do the best in a, you know, in a health challenge are those people who, who have that process. They begin to look upward, you know, looking at their faith and then looking outward at who they can encourage and not so much focusing on themselves. You know, sometimes, you know, introspection can be a negative thing if it's, you know, if we dwell on our, on our problems too much. Yeah, uh, and what, what's the story of Amanda and the mandolin? I, I, we don't have a lot of time, but if you can give us the Cliff Notes version. Oh, this is a this is a patient uh, who died of, um, you know, she, she died of a cystic fibrosis, and her and her husband got married, knowing that you know that she would probably die in her twenties or thirties, and actually the the lady lived much longer than anticipated. And, um, you know, actually this was a lady that went to my church and, um, she, um, uh, she would get up and play the mandolin in our church, uh, band or whatever you call it. And, you know, I always, cause I play the mandolin on the guitar and play instruments and she was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I realized something about that lady as I kind of watched, I realized that, you know, she didn't have time to wait, you know, so often. Um, you know, we, uh, you know, we, we don't take advantage of the opportunities that we have. And, you know, I think, um, you know, life is about living. And so often, um, you know, I, I, I was making excuses about why I shouldn't be up there, you know, with my life and my pager and call and all these things. And here was a person who was just, uh, you know, making the best of her opportunities. I mean, no, she wasn't, she wasn't the greatest mandolin player, but it was her attitude, I think, you know, and, um, and, and, and that really kind of set deep in me. It really kind of, uh, made me think a lot about some of my attitudes, you know, um, you know, so often, um, you know, we doctors even need attitude adjustments, you know, so often when we get, you know, when we kind of begin to look introspectively at ourselves. So, so it was just someone that encouraged me in a, in a, in a significant way. You know, um, we need to take advantage of the opportunities that we have now because there will come a time you know, when we won't have those opportunities. Yeah, well, you, you are always, uh, I'm, I'm sure you're confronted with having to tell people that what you've found means that they, are, they have a, um, don't have much time to live. How do yep. you deal with telling people that? And, and how do you, I mean, that, that never... I don't know how many times you do that. It it's, it can't get any easier by the number of times you've had to do it. Well, I mean, I think uh, we have to, um, you know, show a lot of empathy and realize that, you know, um, uh, you know, people process things, you know, to, at different levels. You know, I remember one man that uh, came in the office and. He was 80 years old, and he had had a had problem swallowing. You know, typically that's a bad thing for an elderly gentleman to have problems swallowing. We think about an esophageal cancer, and you know, sure enough, when I did his endoscopy, he had a large tumor in his esophagus, and you know, and I began to kind of give him the news, you know, and sometimes people just want us to be blunt and give them the news and tell them, you know, give them the worst scenario, and other times people want us to give us, you know, those just those little, you know, bits of the truth. Um, but as I began to share with this man, he said, Doctor, I don't want any kind of surgery. I don't want chemotherapy or radiation. I'm, I'm ready to go, you know. Um, you know, so I, it's funny, you know, when you have those conversations with people about death and dying, it's amazing the things that you learn from them if you listen. Um, you know, I've even had COVID patients, you know, I, 
had, was called in to see a, a, a lady with COVID here, oh, you know, about three or four months ago. She had came from the nursing home and gotten COVID, and they wanted me to put a feeding tube in her. She was 90 years old, and I was kind of like, well, wait a minute, 90 years old? I mean, goodness gracious. So when I called the family, you know, they, you know, of course, they hadn't been able to see her for three months, and the daughter said, listen, doc, she may want to just go on. I mean, she may not want to have a feeding tube. And as I went in and talked to her, it's interesting to come to find out she had had Lou Gehrig's disease for 30 years. You can imagine having a progressive muscle, you know, weakness over the past 30 years and how she had fought with that. And, uh, you know, and as I asked her, I said, you know, what do you want me to do? This was a lady who had just a tremendous amount of faith. And as I began to talk to her about that, you know, she said, Doctor, I'm ready to go to heaven. You know, and I thought about that, and I thought, you know, COVID didn't take her. You know, Lou Gehrig's didn't take her. She was ready to go. You know, God took her to heaven. And and so I think, you know, when we're in those situations, there's so many things that we can learn uh, from people uh, as they're going through those times, as they're beginning to kind of begin to look at, you know, taking that step uh, into the beyond. We're talking to uh, Dr. Charles Page. His book is A Spoonful of Courage for the Sick and Suffering. Your Greatest Challenge Can Become Your Biggest Blessing. Before we go, I want to ask you, uh, Doctor, what what do you hope people can get from your book? What's the one thing you'd want people to come away from uh, with after reading it? Well, I want them to, to learn to change focus. You know, I mean, I think it's like even, even now on a national level, what's going on with you know, hurricanes and viruses and rides and everything, I think so often we 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 need to change focus. And that's what I hope this book does, is help people to go back and focus on their faith and, you know, focus on their, the facts. I mean, so often we're overwhelmed by our feelings. So, you know, you show me your, uh, show me your focus, I'll show you your future. And so it's important, especially when you're going through a difficult health crisis, whether it be COVID or cancer or surgery or whatever, you know, focus really makes a difference. Well, I, I really appreciate you coming on the show, Doctor. Uh, you're doing great work, obviously, for people, and have been doing it for a long time. Thanks for sharing your book with us. I appreciate it. You bet, John. Okay, and that's Dr. Charles Page. The book is A Spoonful of Courage for the Sick and Suffering. Your greatest challenge can become your biggest blessing, and we'll be right back. Uncle Tom is a movie that leftist Democrats don't want you to see, which, of course, is one big reason why you should want to see it. Uh, Uncle Tom stars Larry Elder, Candace Owens, Herman Cain, and Brandon Tatum. Now, they all share three things in common. They're courageous, they had a life-changing experience, and they are black conservative Americans. Something else they have in common? Their voices are the ones the leftists don't want you to hear at a time when so many desperately need to hear it. It's their stories of how their lives were changed when they finally figured out the truth. It's the story of black conservatives in their own voice. You can see Uncle Tom now on pay-per-view. Just go to UncleTom.com and download it. The stories that these courageous people have to tell will shock you. Their journey will amaze you. It's a story of redemption and hope. It's the story of America's black conservatives, and it's the truth. See Uncle Tom now. Just go to UncleTom.com. This is Dr. Sebastian Gorka, and I'm very excited to tell you about the book that finally tells the inside story of Obamagate. It's called Above the Law, and it's written by my good friend Matthew Whitaker, the former acting U.S. Attorney General. We all know that the deep state has been out to destroy President Trump since before he was elected. Now in this new book, Above the Law, Matt lays out the inside story of how James Comey at the FBI and top officials at the Justice Department helped fabricate the fake Russian conspiracy with the participation of Barack Obama. You'll read how Mueller and his henchmen created a corrupt report for the sole purpose of political subversion, despite the fact that there was zero evidence of Russian collusion. You want the truth about Obamagate? Matthew Whitaker has written the book. It's called Above the Law. Order it today from Amazon or wherever books are sold. Above the Law by my friend Matt Whitaker.
We're all thinking a lot more about staying safe these days. Windows R Us Pittsburgh is no different. This is John Steigerwald. When it comes to working around your home, Windows R Us remains committed to the safety of you and your family. For roofs, gutters, and downspouts, siding, and, of course, windows, Windows R Us Pittsburgh can answer the call. With over 50 years of home remodeling experience, Windows R Us has earned its reputation as the area's premier exterior replacement company. And all work will be done in strict compliance with the government's social distancing guidelines. If you've had damage, you may be eligible for free repair or replacement. Visit WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of their highly trained appraisers. You'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees, and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry. From a company that will never skip town when it comes to honoring their warranty, why pay double? Trust the area's premier exterior replacement company. That's WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. Excuse me, have you ever discussed life insurance? Well... Sort of. Have you talked about who'll pay the mortgage if one of you passes? We definitely haven't talked about that. Well, then you should talk to SelectQuote. SelectQuote shops for you, getting you quotes from some of the country's most trusted companies, finding you the right coverage with the right carrier at the right price in minutes. Is it affordable? Well, how affordable does $500,000 in coverage for as little as a dollar a day sound? That's great. We can afford that. To get your free quote, call 1-800-212-1166 or go to selectquote.com today and get the protection they need at a price you can afford. That's 1-800-212-1166 or selectquote.com. Selectquote. We shop. You save. Get full details on example policy at selectquote.com slash commercials. Monthly premiums vary based on health company and other factors. Not available in all states. You're listening to the John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250, The Answer. Well, we got a few minutes here to uh, take a look at some issues in sports that, uh, well, you know, intersects with uh, what else is going on in the world. In this case, riots um, and police shooting people and all that stuff that you know is going on. Well, the uh, Milwaukee Brewers are discussing... Uh, boycotting the game tonight against the Reds. Um, obviously, uh, Kenosha, Wisconsin is where the latest incident happened, and it's Milwaukee, so they're feeling like um, that they you know, think they should react to it. Um, and also, two NBA games uh, down in the bubble down there in Orlando have been canceled. The Milwaukee Bucks, again, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, um, and... Uh, that's down in Orlando, and the Oklahoma City Thunder uh, and the Houston Rockets announced that uh, they're not going to play, and this is all because of the shooting of uh, Jacob Blake, uh, about which we don't have all the details, of course. Um, it's a white cop. It's a black victim who was shot. He's Apparently, he's going to live, and he's um, uh, but he's going to be paralyzed, but uh, we still don't have all the details yet and as far as i know they haven't released whether or not he had a knife or whether there was a gun in the car which he was reaching into when he was shot don't know any of that but what kind of a can of worms is being opened up here with the milwaukee brewers deciding to boycott a game um there's a lot of money involved not in in this case it's obviously different now because there aren't any fans coming to the games anyway but um down the road, uh, you would hope that the some sanity would return to the world and people will be going to games again and stadiums will be filled with people. Um, at what point, I mean, what what qualifies as a, an issue uh, important enough, big enough for a team to decide not to show up to play? In baseball, you know, they play 162 games. So for a baseball team... Boycotting a game, and if you, even if you have to forfeit it, it's one game. It you know, there's always a chance it could make a difference between making the playoffs and not making it. Um, but one game, you you know, you're probably going to be able to overcome that. Um, and same with basketball; they play eighty over eighty games, or hockey. But what if a football team decided to boycott a game a couple years down the road? Uh, say the Green Bay Packers were supposed to play. Uh, this Sunday, and a shooting happened in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Uh, Do the Green Bay Packers decide not to show up 
and just forfeit the game. Uh, obviously, they, if they think that the that the uh, the cause or whatever the, the the issue is is bigger than football, then and they want to do it, that's great. But again, what kind of a uh, a can of worms is being opened up? That's just uh, that's that's a that's a a big problem for sports, and it could go to any sport. And, it, and but again, what what is the issue? Who gets to decide what the issue is? Um, maybe in this case uh, with the Milwaukee Brewers, I don't know what it is. Uh, if they, they haven't, I don't think they've officially not shown up, but they're saying that they're they're probably not. Who? Josh Hader, who's a pitcher on the team, said, "I think it's a tremendous stand. This is more about sports. I guess he means it's about more than sports." Uh, can't say yes or no on the Brewers boycott. I'm sure it's something we are going to discuss. That's uh, if on a, a tweet from Josh Hader. Um, but this this uh, this issue, this incident, is deemed worthy of a team boycotting. Uh, what if only half the players want to boycott? Who 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 gets to decide that they're going to boycott? What if this is a, an issue that um, half of the team or a good portion of the team doesn't agree that anything uh, is wrong with. Uh, not, not, there's not enough um, reason to boycott. They're, they don't think that there was any serious problem with whatever the issue is or whatever happened, whatever, whatever the incident was. And they say, uh, you know what? I'd, I'd like to get more details, and I'm I'm not I'm not interested in boycotting. It's it's the, the players. Um, they get paid lots of money, and that's part of it. But also, you know. Um, if you work for a company, uh, I don't, I don't know if you're an attorney and you're supposed to be in court today because uh, you know to defend your client, and something happens that upsets you. Do you get to call up and say, you know what, uh, I'm boycotting court today because I, uh, I don't like uh, what's happening there out in Kenosha, Wisconsin. You don't get to do that. And, you know, you can make your stand some other way. You can use your platform to show your displeasure some other way. Um, but this is a this is a real real bad can of worms they're opening up, and um, again the issue is who gets to decide what's boycott worthy and what isn't, and it can get out of hand, can it? Seems pretty dumb to me. We'll see how it all works out, but uh, at least uh, two basketball teams have said they're not playing. We'll see. I'll talk to you tomorrow. John Steigerwald Show is a production of the Answer Pittsburgh and Salem Media Group.